0: Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. In the background, you have a very large uh, slide of a picture taken at the airport in Lima. And it's really exciting. Let me read to you First Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 to 20. And the title of this teaching is the, the Prophetic Fight. The Prophetic Fight. Every Christian, regardless of age, when you meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, a battle begins to hear God, to follow the Lord, to attend church, to be discipled into the kingdom, it's a fight. So let me read to you these verses because this is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, This charge I committed unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on you. Because on, on chapter 4 verse 14, the elders spoke over the head of Timothy and anointed him. So according to the prophecy which went before you, that you by them, by then what? The prophecies might war a good warfare. A good warfare simply means how God is going to use you in a place as to what you're to do. Uh, it, it, it has to do with uh, the anointing of God in your life. has to do with how God leads you into His purpose, into His plan. Anybody, there's nobody that can build a ministry. It's impossible to build your ministry. But it's possible that God can lead your ministry to do what He wants you to do in His plan and His call. So, in order that you have a fighting chance to war in the spiritual realm and have a call that stands today until it's true with you, you have to depend, remain, live, talk, war based on the prophecies God spoke on your life. In my case, my father spoke over my head. In 1964, 65, July uh, the 2nd, uh, July the 3rd, uh, I was about to take a plane from, from GIG, which GIG, G-I-G, which is airport in, in Rio de Janeiro, all the way to New York City at JFK. And my father had a long prayer over my head. So if God, if you are called, then a call has to be identified in, for the purpose that God called you. Now you can serve the Lord, you can help others have their call, but if you have a call, then the whole thing changes. So, this is is what Paul is saying to Timothy, according to the prophecy which went before you. In other words, there's no call if God does not make the call and prophesy over you. That is why people serve the Lord and prophesying is their gift, by edifying, building and comforting. But there's not a call. A call comes in as you become a teacher. As you become uh, a pastor, as you become uh, an evangelist, as you become an apostle, a prophet, and as you become an apostle. Because the call has to do with full-time ministry for the purposes that God has for your life. See, I'm a man under a call. And it's been a difficult thing for me. You know, I'm not as sharp as most people can be. I'm not as, uh, as, as educated or challenged. As some people are. There are many more gifted people in front of me. But because I have a call, then God uh, gives directions. So so Paul is referring here to what happened in Acts 16, 1 through 4. And so let's go to Acts 16, 1 through 4. Because it gives you an idea of, of how that can be. So open your Bible in Acts 16. Verses 1 through 4. And here it is. Then he came to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. And a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain woman who was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was an unbeliever. Which was well reported by the brethren who were in Lystra. So, him Paul would have to go forth with him. Him Paul would have to go forth with him. So the call in Timothy's life was to join Paul. And so he circumcised Paul to make him a good witness. And as they went through the cities, they delivered the decrees to for to keep that were ordained by the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And uh and so so were the church established in faith and increased in numbers daily. Notice that the church increased in numbers because somebody there was called and, and, and Paul is now with someone called and confirmed and prophesy over. Alright? So I hope you get that because without that, a call will not progress. You have to have an ordination. You have to have a hand put upon you, you have to be called. And that is the gift of God to the person that's going to serve Him. So, neglect not the gift that is within you. Now, the gift is the call. And so, when there is a call, then a lot of things begin to happen. A lot of things begin to move. I haven't felt a day in which God wasn't calling me to a certain direction. Neglect not the gift that is within you, which was given you with the laying off of the hands of the elders, of the presbytery. So notice that a call has to be confirmed by the presbytery or the elders. It's a funny thing, but a lot of people serve in church and never been laid hands upon to confirm their call. I don't know why that is uh, not in America accepted as necessary. And of course, you know, the church per se would say you have to be a a deacon, then you have to be an elder. It takes three and a half years between deacon and elder, and you have to have a seminary. And after having a seminary, you have to be approved by the Board of of Ordained Ministry. uh, the, The kingdom of God in the times of Paul had nothing to do with that. If there is a call in somebody's life, God will speak to the elders, and by observing that person, they will appoint it and ordain it and make the person to be a blessing all the days of his life. So, it's the call. Now, the question here is simple: this, simply this. How do you know that you're called? Do you, any, anybody recognizes your call? I, I know some people who are trying to be apostles. When in fact, there's no call to be an apostle. Some are called to go to mission trips, to edify, to build, and to comfort. So, let's take a look at Acts 13, because this is clarified on Acts 13 a little bit. And this is uh, uh, Acts 13, and of course it says... uh, now there were in the church there was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, Niger, Lucius Cyrene, Manion, which have been brought up by Herod the Threat, Tark and Saul, five men. Now, it says this, as they minister unto the Lord. Now, how long that ministry there actually took place? Uh, it says over here, uh, They fasted and prayed. But if you follow very closely in chapter 11, you're going to find out that uh, Antioch, Paul, and Barnabas were there for a year before this meeting. And so, Antioch had prophets and had teachers. Antioch had uh, men of color. They were praying and fasting. They ministered unto the Lord. Uh the Holy Spirit said, separate from me Paul and Barnabas. It didn't happen that quick. And it's not something that you can sort of put the clock on and do it. God has to prepare you and call you. I was in Rio de Janeiro. And I was supposed to play soccer on grass. Because at that point a 12-year-old plays on sand. There were 200 kids to play into a tournament at uh, Wesley. John Wesley Retreat Center, downtown Rio de Janeiro. And I remember before the day started, there was a a chapel time and all of us were in chapel, 200 kids. And the preacher made an invitation for people to accept Christ. And my heart came out of my chest. I had to get up and go to the altar and pass about 100 kids in front of me with their knees sticking up and biting and hitting my knees until I finally got out of that trap and I went to the pastor. And from there, I went to my room, pick up my things, never played the soccer, and went to my father's house. And I was called to serve. In about a three-month period, I was the, the preacher at a church in, in, in Brasilia, Brazil, called Núcleo Bandeirante, where I began to learn how to serve God. Now, think about that. I was 13 and a half to 14 years old. It came. A call came. And from that moment on, it has never left me. I'm 78 years old, under the same call, under the anointing of my Father's hands. And so, the difference here is, uh, what is the work of the prophet in prophesying? Prophesy is when you speak, First Corinthians 14:3. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The prophet is when God speaks. The difference is, when you speak, you edify, build and comfort somebody, but when God speaks, is prophetically. And so, Acts 13, 2, and it says this, And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, worshipped, the Holy Spirit said. So, the prophetic when the Holy Spirit said. The prophesying is when you do something good for somebody else in the name of the Lord a, a, as a gift of the Holy Spirit, because the... The prophesying is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with the prophet. I've been saying this a lot. I'm repeating this message a lot. I've been trying to tell you that, that you need a call in order to serve God at a higher level. Now, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Meaning, they were already called in the first missionary journey occurred which was the most powerful trip as they moved all the way to uh, to Pisidia, uh, when Antioch and uh, and uh, and the ministry started now okay so Paul had been absent now for 14 years he was in the uh, in, in, in the eastern countries in so- so- South Arabia. He is found in Antioch, a Syrian city. Antioch is the first church where the people who believed in Jesus were called Christians. So, Antioch was the first church to have the vision of foreign missions. And God put Paul there. Of course, he was there a year earlier with Timothy. And so, Paul is listed as one of the five men. Now, you remember that his call came on nine fifteen, the call to serve the Lord, and to, he must suffer for my name. And of course, what, what a warfare that was. And so the formation of the first missionary trip happened. The call then comes by imposition of the hands by the elders. And so my question to you is this verse 26. On chapter thirteen, so go to chapter thirteen and go to verse twenty-six. Men, uh, excuse me, let me get let me get it right here. Verse twenty-six uh, of Acts eleven. Okay, let's go to chapter eleven of Acts and go to twenty-six. And it says this: They then departed, Barnabas to Tarsus, looking for Paul. And of course, this is one of the most single important verses in the entire Word of God. The Holy Spirit led him to do this as well. The text implies that he had some difficulty in finding Paul. This was around year forty-three, about ten years after the crucifixion and the ascension. And so Barnabas is intensively looking for Paul. There was a call in the heart of. Barnabas, And I want to describe to you how a call is, because when a call comes in, everything is confirmed, everything is right. Now, a call into anyone's life, in terms of direction, it is to move to where God is moving, and not to where you want to be. You know, when I interview an intern, which I haven't done in quite a while, is, uh, why are you here? What what is what do you think God is doing? Amen. So in when he had found him, Barnabas found found Paul. He brought him unto Antioch. So notice that he was at Antioch in the area looking for Paul. And Barnabas takes Paul and take him to Antioch, meaning the anointing, the power, the strength of Barnabas spoke to this mighty man of God who wrote 14 epistles of the New Testament and said to him, Let's come to Antioch And so it came to pass as, the, as that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught many people. So what happened on chapter 16 began a year earlier as, as Paul is brought by by, by Barnabas into, into a place... So Paul could hear the call. I want you to pay close attention to this because our, 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 our place in the life of the church is so unstructured. People just stay in a church on a pew for five years, six years, seven years without a call. And they sort of vegetate down there and, 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 and as if somehow they have no right to have a call or they have no right to even approach God with a, a call. And the church then grows and the responsibility goes on the pastor. And the congregation is puny, rejected, stopped, tormented, frozen to death. When you meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has a call for your life. In other words, don't tell me you want the anointing. The call is first, the anointing is second. In other words, if you want the anointing, you can have the anointing. But the call has to be there. And notice the movement. Barnabas, looking for Paul several years, found him. And and look look at this. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch, They received the name of Christians as the followers of Christ from the outside world and accepted. That's in Acts chapter 26. I want to read to you. A little bit I'm talking about the warfare of the prophetic in your life and how you can get and let me just go in and read it uh, 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 what did I say uh, verse 26 chapter 11 right uh, acts 26 28 let me go down here just to give acts 26 28 uh, acts 26 I found it Amen. Let's go to verse twenty-eight. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, "Almost thou persuade me to be a Christian." In other words, the anointing was there when he is defending himself of a king Agrippa uh, in Caesarea by the sea. There was an anointing in Paul that, as he spoke, it convict people. But it's impossible to get the anointing without the call. What, what is the call means is that you can war. You can, you can battle. So, is, is this type of church. The vision of foreign missions was it in uh, Eleven Acts eleven 25. Let's go down there and uh, I'll read it to you. Well, I already read it. Departed Barnabas to Tarsus seeking seeking to Paul. So, Barnabas had a a difficulty in finding Paul, but the Holy Spirit was at work in the prophetic finding Paul was critical for the formation of the first missionary journey. I I just want you to see that the first missionary journey was a battle. It's Acts 16. I'm talking about all kinds of problems, all kinds of demons, all kinds of resistance. So, the prophetic and the prophesying separate themselves. As 1 Corinthians 12, the act of prophesying is edifying, building, speaking people's life, being positive, encouraging, blessing them, praying for them. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. But not everybody that's listening to me are going to prophesy for the rest of their lives. God might have a call in your life and that's what you want. So, let's take a look at this. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which were before you, that you by them, the prophecies, might war a good warfare. What is he saying? The call comes up to the will of God, and the will of God is Satan resisting, demons resisting, evil resisting the call of God. That is not a problem. It's a confirmation that God can use you against that type of thing. Nothing more important than being within the call of God. So let's take a look what happened to Paul uh, as he continues. In, uh, uh, I want to go to uh, Acts 16 verses 9 and 10. Now let's take a look. So they were a year or so at Antioch Church praying and fasting and all these guys from Africa and and and, and Barnabas with his guitar and they were praising the Lord and ministering to the Lord and so Acts 16 uh, 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 begin verse 9 and 10 and the vision appeared unto Paul in the night meaning they went into Magia and a vision appeared that there stood a man from Macedonia and when he seen the vision immediately they endeavored them to go to Macedonia and they went to Macedonia And, and, and actually a surely gathering that the Lord had called them there. So a call gives direction. I don't think it's been a day in which I have lost the call. I might have been sick. I might have been tormented. I might have been out of the will of God. I might have been scared. I might have been sick. I might have been tired. I am kids in high school and college and all of that. But the call remains. So, what happens on the call? They went uh, to Macedonia. And of course, on the Sabbath, they went out the city to a river and they meet Lydia. And Lydia becomes in her whole house, her whole house, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me uh, to be faithful to the Lord, come in my house and abide, abide there. And she constrained us mean she brought in Paul and Barnabas and Timothy inside of her house. And of course Lydia is according to the Catholic Church is one of the first saints that that brought power and a lot of salvations in the in the city of Tatar. By the way, on March seventeenth, through the thirty uh, through the thirty first, we are heading toward uh, the seven churches and it's going to be a powerful trip. All of you, those of you who already register, we purchased the tickets right away and it's going to be a blessing to see Tatara and go to that river where uh, Paul, Timothy and Barnabas met Lydia and she was saved. Then, after that, as they went into prayer, a certain Denzel possessed by an evil spirit of divination met us, brought her masters much gain in soothsaying. and soothsaying. And the same followed Paul and us crying out saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God which which show unto us the way of salvation. And of course, he did it for many days, but Paul being grieved, had enough, said and turned and said to the Holy Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And she was out of the same hour. So, here's warfare. Here's warfare. Now, that's more warfare. And it says, At midnight, they put Paul in jail for that. And when they had laid hands, laid many stripes upon them. Uh, Paul is, is suffering, hurting. They cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely for the night, who, having received such a charge, trust them in the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing. And, of course, they are delivered from, from jail and, and, and went their way. So, warfare. It's impossible that you are a man of God, a woman of God, without the idea of fighting demons. If you never fought a demon, I don't know what kind of call you have. Because as you fast and pray, the Holy Spirit will separate the saints from the ungodly, the demons from the angels of God, the hurting, the poor, the rejected from those who have no need. And as you begin to minister unto the Lord, your call becomes firm and the warfare begins. So, uh, are you uh, ready for a prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against the life of this brother of mine, this sister of mine, who has no idea on how to minister to others. I ask you, Lord, that you deliver them from confusion, deliver them from pain, agony, Deliver them from self-awareness to where they will be able to pray and release the person in front of you. Oh God, I pray that they'll be able to join one of our trips to where we face demons every night. I pray, God, that they'll be able to travel with us (coughs) as we go to Cuba, meeting hundreds and hundreds of people in Cuba and taking authority over the demons that have slaved Uh, that nation in a so horrible way. I come against in the name of Jesus over the idea that you can serve God, but you have no idea that you can be called of God to serve Him and and to be confirmed by the imposition of hands. And so I put my hands forward this morning. And by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, I come against confusion. I come against the idea that you lost your first love. I come against the idea that whoever is counseling you uh, uh, paralyzed you and you filled with uh, unforgiveness and bitter and resentment and fear. You do not believe in the cross anymore. You made your own theology and you live according to what you receive from others instead of what you receive from God. So in Jesus' name, I set you free my brother, my sister. I pray that uh, you receive your call, that your call will be involved in the world, preaching the gospel, ministering the gospel to the lost. I come against the voices that you hear at night, that you are not in any shape or form worthy of a call. I come against that fear of rejection, timidities, sensitivity to that which is demonic, but no sensitivity to that is godly. I come against the voice of Satan saying uh, that you are second-class citizen. You don't deserve a call. I come against the voice that puts you in church on the pew and you remain there for years without assuming your place and authority by the call of God. I come against those of you who live in the anointing of God, but you have not a call. And so I say to you receive your call this morning to partake of the kingdom of God. I receive the call of God this morning to fulfill what God has called you to do. As you move into a new sphere, a new place, a new responsibility. And and, and just as Timothy received it with the imposition of the elders. Ordained by Paul that I be able to to disciple you in these Bible studies uh, every single morning of the year. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit of God. I pray that you receive your call from God to fulfill your life. Before it's over, in Jesus' name, so I've called you. I will anoint you. I will strengthen you. I will build you up. I will I will put in a place of honor to serve me the rest of your life, in Jesus' name, Amen. Vendo e olhando para trás.